At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Steelers fans are in midseason form already as it relates to new quarterback Mitch Trubisky. After incompletions in his first two throws at Steelers training camp as the first-string quarterback, one fan close to the field at St. Vincent College clearly yelled, Get Pickett in there! I think the guy was kidding. I think. Well, Kenny Pickett, the pit product and first-round draft choice, he worked with the third team. He threw an interception in the last play of practice. Near as I could tell, the same fan didn't yell for fourth-stringer Chris Oladokun to replace him, though. I am Tim Benz. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. More Steelers in a little bit. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets with new same-game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect Bet Rivers combination. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shots, you can add a little extra spice to your game with same-game parlays at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and make your baseball same game parlays today. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21 gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. Speaking of baseball, thanks to Keegan Thompson, the Cubs came through for me before the Pirates' last game. They lose to Chicago. Little mini two game sweep for the Cubbies. Now the Buccos host the Phillies for four games. Pirates host the Phillies for four starting tonight at PNC Park. The Phillies are 51 and 47, just a half game behind the Cardinals for the last wild card spot in the National League. They come to the North Shore scuffling a bit, having lost four of their last six and eight of their last 13. 
However, they did just grab two of three from the NL wildcard leading Braves. The numbers suggest you shouldn't expect a lot of runs this weekend. The Pirates have scored the fewest runs in the National League. The Phillies have allowed only 406, fifth fewest in the National League. The Phillies team ERA is 379, fifth best in the NL. Philly can hit the long ball, though. Their 126 home runs are tied with the Dodgers for third most in the National League, behind only Atlanta and Milwaukee. That said, 15 of those homers came from Bryce Harper, who hasn't played since June 25th thanks to an injured thumb. Zach Wheeler for the Phillies, Zach Thompson for the Pirates. The Pirates are plus 160 as underdogs. The Phillies are minus 186. If you like the under eight, it's minus 113. In theory, I like the under. Zach Wheeler, eight and five with a 278 ERA. I'll take it, but Zach Thompson pitching for the Pirates does give me pause. If you like the Yankees and Jamison Tyon today at minus 245, I get it. They are playing the Royals. Maybe parlay them with the Jays at minus 230. Or you could pair up with Shoei. He's at minus 230 with the Angels against Texas. I was thinking about a same-game parlay of the Angels straight and the strikeout total for Shoei, but it's at plus 100 for over 8.5. That's too high for me. Maybe the Angels to win and Shoei with the under at minus 130, which is 8.5. How about a Pirates-Phillies same-game parlay of Wheeler over 6.5 strikeouts and the Phillies winning? That pays out at plus 180. Pirates hitters have 911 strikeouts, third most in baseball as a team. Dodgers are finally back on the winning track after that bad series against the Nationals. They're at minus 230 against the Rockies. Ex-Pirates Tyler Anderson pitching tonight. I'll go with the Dodgers. Lots of good teams versus bad teams, though. That stuff has burned me a bunch lately coming out of the All-Star break. I'm going to be leery, but I'll dip my toe back in. Back to the Steelers. Deontay Johnson very much in the news at Steelers training camp. While discussing the state of his contract negotiations with the Steelers during a media scrum yesterday, Johnson admitted that he was frustrated by some of the public reaction to his financial requests, specifically those in fan and media circles who don't believe he's worthy of being in the $20 to $25 million range per year, as so many other team-leading receivers have soaked out of their franchises this offseason specifically Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, guys like that. Here's what Johnson said while speaking with the media. Can't take stuff personal, you know, because it's business at the end of the day. And, um, that's what I'm learning slowly. Um, sometimes, you know, it, it, it's just like with anything. Stuff gets frustrating. It's just how you respond to it. But I'm not letting that, you know, derail me at all. So I'm just going to keep going and worrying about the right things. Yeah, you guys kind of get going here. Pay attention to that. Is it hard not to get frustrated when people are saying that you're not worth this or saying that yeah, you are? Yeah, it is. It is because at the end of the day, you know what you're capable of doing on the field, you know. But it's just like how you carry yourself through the whole situation. And I'm being more positive as I can, like, every day not to worry about certain stuff and let it bother me. So, like, I can just keep getting uh, information from certain players, like I said before, and just see how they handled it and then add that to my repertoire. Johnson said two of those players have been teammates T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick, both of whom have received massive contract extensions for the Steelers in recent months, both of whom staged hold-ins, so to speak, where they showed up for off-season practices but only did individual drills. For Watt, that situation dragged on through the 2021 training camp until the two sides struck a $112 million deal in the days leading up to the regular season opener in Buffalo. For Fitzpatrick, his was a barely noticeable reduction in OTAs and minicamp that culminated in a $73 million agreement on June 16th. 
during uh, Wednesday's first full training camp practice, Johnson appeared to be heading down the Watt path. He practiced with his position group during individual drills, but withheld participation the moment the practice switched over to any team-related interaction. If Johnson doesn't like people making unfavorable comparisons between him and other receivers, he's really going to hate it when people start making comparisons between him and Watt because the only thing similar between Watt's hold-in last year and Johnson's this year is their chosen method of protest. There are no other comps to be drawn between the two players or their situation. And that's going to make it much harder for Johnson to convince the Steelers he's worth the exorbitant cost that other receivers are commanding. For example, Watt is a much better player. Johnson is very good, but Watt is overwhelming. Johnson was a Pro Bowl replacement in 2021. Watt was the defensive player of the year in 2021. Watt is a pass rusher. Elite pass rushers are hard to find and more important to keep, especially in the Steelers 3-4. Above average, but not quite all pro receivers like Johnson seem to be available all the time in the draft, free agency, or the trade market. Look at how Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and A.J. Brown all changed teams. Look at how 10 of the first 50 picks of the draft were wideouts in 2022. As an outside linebacker in the Steelers 3-4 scheme, the Steelers knew that it was going to be worthwhile whatever investment they gave Watt. His contract was always going to get done. It was just a matter of time. They may not feel the same way about Johnson, though. I mean, it's too harsh to say that the Steelers view him as disposable, but it would also be an extreme overreaction to say that the team views him as irreplaceable either. I don't believe the organization is quite as convinced that any single wide receiver is going to be worth the 20 to $25 million that seems to be going around these days, especially Johnson himself, who was scooped up out of the MAC in Toledo in the third round. The Steelers may have already buttressed themselves for Johnson's departure next year by drafting George Pickens and Calvin Austin III. That's another factor. Meanwhile, the Steelers can't seem to do better than finding backups for Watt than Derek Tuska and Jannard Avery. Now, many of these same points could be applied to comparisons for Fitzpatrick, too. He's an all-pro player with the Steelers, and they traded a number one pick to obtain him in 2019 at a position they have struggled to populate. Johnson is a high-quality wide receiver. The Steelers are a better team with him than without him, to be sure. And none of this is meant to disparage him. It's only meant to offer some advice. Like, don't take advice from players about how to leverage your contract status when they both have a lot more leverage than you do. By the way, Johnson's receiving touchdowns, if you want to make an over-under bet at Bet Rivers, regular season over-under 5.5, at minus 108, I'll take that. He had eight last year. It may dip this season, but I don't think it'll dip that much. The under is at minus 115 for five and a half touchdowns. His receptions are at minus 12, excuse me, minus 112 in both directions at 90 and a half. He had 107 last year. With Roethlisberger gone and more downfield throws, I can see why the number slips so much. I could see Johnson hovering right around that 90 catch mark, though. I'm going to suggest under, since I think the Steelers will spread the ball around more this year and his volume slips. We'll see. But I like the over on the touchdowns for Johnson more than I like playing the over-under on the receptions in either direction. All right, when we come back, a little off-season hockey. 
We get an in-depth look at the Penguins' first-round draft choice with Chad Leslie. He is the general manager of the Swift Current Broncos, and he talks to us about Owen Pickering, the Pens' first-round draft selection. The rookie orientation camp is in the books. Hockey on the back burner until late September. but We're still talking Pens here in the Pittsburgh CityCast. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21 gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. All right, back in the Pittsburgh CityCast, Tim Benz with you. Recently, when I was filling in for Mark Madden on 105.9 The X, I had a chance to catch up with Chad Leslie. He is the Swift Current Broncos general manager. He was the guy in charge there when Owen Pickering first came on board, the kid who made the dynamic size and weight jump from 5'6", about 130 pounds, to now a six foot five, 180-pound defenseman that the Penguins took first in the National Hockey League draft last month and I thought with uh, some downtime in the hockey world now would be a good time to replay that interview for you if you missed it live here's Chad Leslie with me on 105.9 The X. Chad thanks a lot for taking some time to join us I'm going to dive right in with what I deem to be the most important question I just said 6'4 180 this kid said yesterday that in 2019 he was 5'7 130 is he exaggerating and if so by how much because that's fascinating to me no, uh, actually he isn't. It uh, was really neat when Owen was uh, in Bantam. Uh, he was just a small little puck-moving defenseman, really intelligent guy. Uh, you could tell the lack of physical strength was really dictating still. And, uh, you know, his dad's around six one. We expected him to, to get to that six-foot, six-one situation, but uh, never did we dream he'd be six four, six five. So, uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate with that for sure. I want to pick up on something you said there about the on-ice intelligence, the puck-moving capabilities. I heard him say that one of the people that he patterned his game after was Scott Niedermeyer, and that makes more sense to me now, knowing how little he was just a few years ago, because you know I could see that kind of person with that kind of build and intelligence looking at Niedermeyer. Like when he first said that, I was like, boy, he's awful big to be saying that about Niedermeyer being a guy that he patterned his game after, but now I guess I get it. Like, Does he think the game on that sort of level? Can he move the puck like that and be two ways responsibly? Yeah, I think so. At some point, again, it's, uh, you know, because uh, he grew up being undersized, uh, for sure he had to figure things out, uh, use his head, use his stick. He's got a really good stick. He defends very well. He moves his feet and thinks uh, extremely well, makes nice little plays, and uh, and then all of a sudden he grows into a six foot four frame and, and he has the small player skills, uh, to go with it. Uh, again, you know, he's far from a finished product because he's still going to get bigger and, and fill out. Uh, but, uh, certainly it does make sense when he talks about, uh, who was patterning the game after when he was a young guy, for sure. Sometimes I see guys who are that big, especially when they're young and first coming into the league, and they don't necessarily use their size to their advantage. Is he someone that because he grew later in life, that's going to be an even bigger deal for? Like, does he know he's big yet? Does he know how to play big yet, especially in his own end of the ice? 
I think that's going to come. I think he's always defended hard. Uh, Owen is a competitive person and a competitive player for sure. So I think that part of his game will develop as he physically gets stronger. We're still dealing with a fairly young guy that uh, hasn't really started to fill out yet. So I do believe it's there. There is a willingness to compete and be physical and, and defend hard. Um, he's a character kid. He's a team first kid as well that puts his body in the line uh, for his teammates and and to win. So I, I don't see that being an issue in his game. Owen Pickering, the first round pick for the Pittsburgh Penguins, talking about him with Chad Leslie, general manager of the Swift Current Broncos Hockey Club. Uh, in the offensive end of the ice, uh, does he have the potential to be a power play quarterback kind of guy? Uh, can he be that good with the puck? Where can he top out when it comes to offensive production? You know, that's still up in the air for sure because, you know, we're, we're a young team in Swift Current. We had 14, 16, and 17-year-olds last year, and and uh, we're rebuilding club that was under duress a lot of nights for sure, and, and Owen played a lot of minutes under duress, and, and so the fact that he scored nine times and, and had 33 points, uh, I, I think the sky's the limit. I think there is some offensive upside and some ability to see plays, and he has some elusiveness from the top, so... The potential is there. It's just uh, Owen has to put the work in to, to be that player at the next level. Did you get the sense in the pre-draft process, the run-up, that he was probably going to go in the first round and was 21 about right to you? Yeah, we felt strongly that he would, obviously, just because of how raw he is and how late he's grown and, and a late bloomer. And um, The upside with him is, is massive, I think, and and I think that uh, intrigued a lot of teams. Obviously, at the Combine, I believe he was one of the only players that interviewed with every team. So the interest level certainly was there, and it's been growing all season. Um, so we were fairly confident that someone would, would take a chance on him in the first round, for sure. Just reading some of the scouting reports, seeing some of the video, and knowing how things worked out here in Pittsburgh once he was acquired, one guy that I'm wondering if he can become like with maybe more offensive production and upside is a Brian Dumoulin, a steady player, a good skater, a guy who can log a lot of minutes. Um, you know, Chris Letang is now signed until, what, he's 67 years old, so who knows, maybe Owen could be his defensive partner someday. Um, you know, is, is, that the, is he the kind of guy that can eat up minutes like that, and is that the kind of profile that Owen might have? Well, certainly for us in Swift Current, that is what he is. Uh, again, as a 17-year-old, uh, his 16-year-old season was in a hub situation because of COVID. Uh, we played 24 games uh, in a controlled environment. And so realistically, last year was uh, his rookie season. And a lot of nights, like I said, because we were so young, he was on the ice 24, 27, you know, 31 minutes a game. Um, and, and played those minutes effectively for a young guy and a young team. So I think the potential, again, is there. Um, there are There is a lot of work to do for sure, uh, but I think he is a guy that relishes playing those types of minutes and loves uh, being out in the ice every other shift, and, and uh, I think there certainly is potential to be that type of player. He said that he didn't want to put a timetable on when he thinks he might be ready for the NHL. Uh, I'm not asking you or holding you to a hard and fast number, but because of some of the issues that we've talked about with him still kind of growing into his body, is this a case where the Penguins as a organization are going to have to be patient in that regard, getting him to the National Hockey League? 
you know, again, that is uh, up to, to Pittsburgh, I think, for sure. But uh, Owen certainly has uh, uh, improvement here for sure to happen with physical strength gains and, and taking more of a role on with our team and, and our team in Swift Current taking the next step in our progression as well. And I think that those are important years for Owen and his individual development within our team uh, success. So uh, Owen will dictate that, how hard he works in the off seasons and and uh, obviously a franchise like Pittsburgh does it the right way and, and they're going to take their time with their prospects. And so, you know, uh, I can't speak to it, but I assume that, uh, you know, they're going to make sure that Owen's ready to go. So It's been interesting to watch Mike Sullivan. You know, he's a guy who won a couple cups by promoting his players that he had in the AHL quickly. They were huge parts of those uh, 16 and 17 cup championships for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, but he's also a guy that, especially as he stayed around longer as the head coach, has been really tough on younger players and, and will let them know when they're not doing the right thing. How is he at taking tough coaching, Owen? Yeah, he's terrific. I think, uh, first and foremost, Owen is hard on himself. Owen expects a lot out of himself, and he's a guy that takes constructive criticism and loves watching video and, you know, ask questions all the time and, and when you uh, talk about things with him, he's not a yeah, but guy. He, he sits and he takes things in. He understands and, and he wants to get better. Uh, he wants to be a player. He wants to be a hockey player first and foremost. It's uh, what he wants to be and what he wants to do. So he's always been excellent in that regard for sure. And, and we haven't seen any scenario where being hard on him has affected his play whatsoever. If anything, he absorbs it and he moves forward and, and gets better, uh, and that is certainly uh, what we really love about Owen. Last thing, Chad, as far as the questions that the Penguins were asking, the insight they were seeking from you, if any, uh, I don't know how often you talk to them or any sort of uh, give and take that you might have had about finding details out about the kid, but uh, can you give us any insight in that regard? Uh, no, not really. I think it's just the general questions that we get from everyone, and as it got closer, for sure, everybody was doing their due diligence. But, uh, you know, every team in that regard was reaching out and doing that with Owen as well. And I think it's because he's so intriguing. He was one of those guys that uh, everybody kind of wanted to know a little bit more about. So, no, there was, uh, you know, I, I, it's certainly something that's, you know, I'm not real comfortable talking about probably. So, but, yeah, you bet. Uh, I do need to run this one by. I forgot to ask this earlier. He mentions that he's a violin player. Have you ever heard him play the violin, and how good is he at it? You know, honestly, until we saw some clips of him younger, that's something that I didn't know about him. Uh, he's kept that fairly tight <laughs> to the chest there. And uh, so, uh, I, you know, I was pretty impressed with what I saw, the footage of it, though. It, but it doesn't surprise me. Owen is a very talented kid. Now, wait, hold on for a second. You're saying footage. So if I look this up on YouTube, I can find it somewhere? Is that what you're telling me? I think so. I can't remember where I saw it. There was some, some footage of him uh, at a recital when he was younger somewhere. I think it's, it's on the Internet somewhere. He, he said he's a big baseball fan, too. They're asking him, like, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite activity? And he said he loves playing baseball, and, he, like, his favorite movie is Moneyball. Like, is he a good ball player, too? Yeah, he was a high-end ball player in Manitoba in Canada. He was, uh, as a young player, was on the provincial team with uh, Connor Geeky and Denton Matejchuk there. And, uh, yeah, Owen's a terrific athlete, was a really good ball player for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, excellent. All right. Well, maybe you can come to Pittsburgh and help out the Pirates and the Penguins both. The Pirates sure could use the help. Uh, we appreciate it, Chad. Thank you yeah. very much for telling us everything about him. It looks like a real interesting kid, and I agree with you. I echo your sentiments. He really is articulate, fun, relaxed with the media. I think he's going to be a dream for us once he gets here. Yeah, I, I think so, too. What you see with Owen is what you get. He's, uh, he's a great kid. So I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. All right, so my thanks to Chad Leslie. Yeah, I do think you'll see Pickering back with the Swift Current Broncos this year. I don't think that he'll play with the Penguins probably a year or two off development-wise, but I do think you'll see some changes in the blue line, still more changes. We talked about this, how drastically different the blue line looks, even though the forwards are staying pretty much the same. In fact, Danton Heinen coming back now, that was another nugget from yesterday. That changed after our interview with Brian Metzer, the Pittsburgh Penguins radio network from the day before. Heinen coming back now, so that forward group even more similar uh, than what it was 48 hours ago to what you saw a year ago. I think you will see one more change on the blue line, one more guy, maybe Marcus Pedersen, maybe Brian Dumoulin going out to save some cap room. Bizarre Jonathan Bambouli pointed out on Twitter from Trib Live, the Penguins don't have to do that to get under the cap. There's some manipulation they can go through in order to make that happen. They don't have to make a trade, but if they want any breathing room at all, they probably do want to trade one more defenseman. All right, uh, we'll be back with one more Pittsburgh CityCast tomorrow. Make sure that you are with us as we wrap up baseball, all the action tonight, and look ahead to the Friday games, plus a lot more from Steelers training camp here on the Pittsburgh CityCast.